0: From Redeemer Church, Norman, you're listening to the Gospel Coaching Podcast, a spiritual formation podcast about engaging culture at the intersection of the gospel and our daily lives. I'm Josh Caudill, and this week we're talking about fasting with pastors Andy McDonald and Paul Kingery. How's it going, Josh? I am doing all right. How are you guys?
1: I- I'm, I'm scared. It's our yep. first recording.
0: It's a little intimidating. It's are we going to get it right? No, definitely not.
1: A- are it's we bad. actually recording or are we just acting like we're recording?
0: Well...
2: Wait, do you guys not walk around recording yourselves all day? I just leave my voice recorder on, but it's <laughs> pretty good, just to help me process at the end yeah, of the day. But. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm fasting from doing that. Uh, so I see what you did there. Oh wow, okay. very nice. I see what you did there. Very nice.
1: You, you're you're good at those transitions. That's why you're running this thing, Josh. Right, right. So, so you're running this thing, right,
0: Josh? Oh, so I have to like ask questions. Yeah, yeah, I think I? so. Yeah. I think that's
1: yeah,
2: yeah, how yeah, the yeah. format you works. Should, you should totally do that.
0: All right. So yesterday was Fat Tuesday, uh, okay. Mardi Gras. What is every the Tuesday. what every Tuesday is Fat <laughs> Tuesday for oh, some of us? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, what what is the largest meal you've ever eaten? The Andy? largest
1: meal I've ever eaten. I was just speaking with one of my neighbors about this, and and he's done. He's he's preparing to go do the big Tex the big Texan the one in Amarillo that's the gigantic steak. I, I I can't do that, but he's he's preparing for that. So we have this conversation. I think it has to be when I was a teenager and they had a pizza party after we just finished a boot camp and I ate, I believe, 23 pieces of pizza. That's so amazing. you were
2: you were in the army? No.
1: Oh. No, it was just a workout. It was a specialized gotcha. workout and okay. we had a party to Sorry. celebrate it ending. It was a pizza gotcha. party and so we were trying to prove ourselves because somehow eating a lot of pizza equaled I'm man.
2: That's crazy. And I, I I
1: think 23, 24 pieces of pizza. That's about – I think that's the most of it. What that's about crazy. you, Paul?
2: I don't know. Like I've I've actually never thought about this ever. And so it's got to be buffet of some kind. so probably – I mean probably Texas de Brazil. It's a Brazilian Ooh. steakhouse in Dallas. And I just keep eating. They just – you have this card. Okay. So
1: I go like Little Caesars – Twenty-four pieces of pizza, and you go high-dollar. Yes, you little plebeians. Yes. you don't understand.
2: Can't get this nice. Brazilian food close. Well, okay. actually, we have one close now. I think in Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma on city. city.
1: I'm very excited about my next yes important thing in my life that I can eat make there. At lunch.
2: Lunch times half off. Oh. so you're nice. only paying twenty-five dollars. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, that's a good deal for all-you-can-eat picanha steak, Brazilian steak. So very nice. All right, that works. Yeah, that that'll do it.
0: What about you, Josh? Uh, I think probably whenever – this is even better than his story in terms of like one-upping. When oh, I was in Japan. My... Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, we were going international. traveling okay, yeah, okay, the okay, world. Okay, yeah. we were... Oh, hold on.
1: Did you mean how much I've eaten when I've been in my travels around the world? No, okay. So I was in Japan
0: uh, many years ago and we went to this park and we were doing some like just ministry in this park and some people invited us to this party they were having and they had like just a – like an ice chest like you have when you go camping or something, a cooler. And they open it. Hold on. So you're on
1: ministry. Somebody invites you to a party. And that's where you're about to tell us that you ate the biggest meal you've ever eaten in your entire life. I think so. These other people's food.
0: Yes. So they had this like grill out there. And it was just like, and yes, I understand this is a ridiculous scenario. And it was like a, like just a skillet kind of grill. I don't know. And like the whole chest is just filled with like shrimp and like seafood and things like, but like it wasn't like ice and food. Like the entire thing was just food and they cooked every single one of them and it was so much food. And I don't know how much I ate, but it was like the most food I'd ever that seen in one place though. in my whole life. At this, like I'm totes jealous. Just in this park in Tokyo.
2: We should go there next week. So you ask about how much we ate because
1: it's Fat Tuesday was yesterday. Today, this day that we're uh, recording our first uh, episode is Ash Wednesday.
0: Yes. Uh, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent, which is part of the liturgical calendar for the church, which we may talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, But since uh, it's felt sort of timely, and it's something that we've wanted to talk about for a while anyway, we wanted to talk about uh, fasting, uh, which is related to Lent. Andy, would you tell us a little bit about the spiritual discipline of fasting?
1: So fasting is one of those things that I think we read a lot about and we understand, and it seems like something that is Uh, Makes you very holy, but uh, the basic element of fasting is is simply a spiritual discipline. And the purpose of all spiritual disciplines are to kind of turn our affections and our attentions to the things of God and to Christ.
0: So if that's the purpose of uh, spiritual disciplines, to turn our affection and attention to Christ, Paul, how do you think that fasting helps us achieve that goal?
2: So fasting hopefully is something that we say, hey, we need this, we need food, we need water, we need um, whatever other... Well, fasting usually pertains to food, but but we get to say, man, Jesus is better. Like Knowing Christ is better than mm. um, my hunger for food or whatever is in front of me, and it's, it's also the, hey, we want to imitate Christ, so we know that Christ did this in the desert uh, when he was tempted, and so... We want to imitate Christ. And uh, there's a quote here that I have from Eugene Peterson. He says, to follow Jesus means picking up rhythms and ways of doing things that are often unsaid, but always derivative of Jesus. And so if we want to imitate Christ, if we want to be more like Christ every day, then, you know, maybe fasting is something that can help us in that.
1: So have you ever asked somebody to, like, or challenged somebody when you're talking to them to fast?
2: That's, that's a good question no I've never said go fast I think this will be good for you I don't think I, I don't think I've said that I should
1: yeah well I I'm, I know that I've talked to people who have been doing that but right. it's it, fasting is actually one of those things that I pull back a, of a little bit because I feel like if I tell people to fast then I've almost ruined the point of fasting sure because I think fasting is then an idea of
2: self-denial it's it's kind of
1: putting that
2: someone would need to want to do that. They would need to want to,
1: yeah, they, that they get to choose to. And I think that's kind of what's behind the idea of uh, of giving something up up for Lent. And I think it, I think it's an interesting idea to kind of go, what has fasting become? Because, like you said, most of the time fasting is talking about food. But I know people who are fasting from social media, are fasting from chocolate i was listening in uh, to a, a another podcast that was talking about Lent and, and actually went and looked up the article and it talked about what people give up for lint and the top ones are like soda and chocolate and th- those are the things that aren't necessarily stuff you
2: can't live without
1: right yeah well i mean that, that's kind of the idea right. is i don't think fasting is an attempt to try to be healthy
2: uh-huh. like
1: fasting is actually something that we're where I think Spiritual kind of, health was
2: in mind. Well, I think yeah. there's
1: a spiritual health, but I think a lot of times fasting is putting something aside that kind of we need
2: mm.
1: to then reprioritize us and tell us our need is Christ, that Jesus is actually better than food. We need food, but we see that Jesus went and fasted from something that he needed to be able to do what God wanted him to do to help him for a period of time focus and reprioritize or prioritize what was ahead of him the ministry that was coming ahead of him to prepare him for that.
2: That's a great point. So, yeah, that's the exciting thing about Jesus as our Savior is that he was fully man and fully God and um, had to deal with things in the flesh and had to deal with hunger and thirst. Um, But we know that he did. I mean, he's fully God. So he, he feasted on himself, meaning he feasted on the word. He knew the word in and out. And so I think that's the encouragement to us is in fasting, in those times, do we know the word? Do we feast on God's word?
0: Thinking about the example of Jesus fasting in the desert, how do you think that informs our practice of fasting?
1: I think it does a few things. Uh, I think him fasting in the desert and and, and fasting that we see all throughout scripture, I, I think many times is setting your eyes upon things that maybe aren't seen. So that we acknowledge that they're there, it's kind of a way of getting out outside of just our perspective and saying there's something more that's there and I think jesus was was fasting and preparing himself for what God had before him that he that at that point fully human jesus didn't didn't see he had he hadn't done, and so it it created in him. Uh, a focus, and, and I think that focus does bring uh, a a discipline, a practice of self denial, that myself and my desires aren't the, the the top thing. And it really prepared him. I, I love how when he, he comes out of that, you see that in his fasting didn't like protect him from things. He was tempted by Satan at the end of his fasting. So fasting isn't something that like oh, if I fast, everything else will be okay fasting did prepare him as he stepped into that temptation that was constantly here, take this now, take this now, take this now. And God said, and Jesus said, no, no, I'm going to trust God. And and I'm going to trust his word. And I'm not going to look at this kingdom right here, right now as the ultimate. I'm going to, I'm going to do this, this act of fasting, I think had a way of setting his eyes to something that wasn't tangible scene in front of him, but to something that was eternal.
2: Yeah, I think it's also interesting that, so he was by himself, so he was out there alone with God doing this, and then Satan walks up, and it says, right at the beginning of chapter 4, in Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. So is that how we prep? Like, how, So how do we prep for fasting? What is what is being full of the, the Holy Spirit look like?
1: Well, I think what, what motivates us are kind of asking what motivates us into fasting. Yeah. What, what is the, the precondition that leads us to fasting? Uh, I I think it really is being full of the Holy Spirit. I, I think it is, we fast not from a place of longing and wanting to get, but we fast from a place of, of God is everything.
2: Yeah.
1: God is our sustenance. It's. It's a physical reminder of the completed work of God.
0: Jesus is a great example of fasting, but there are plenty of other examples of fasting in different manners and for different purposes in Scripture. Uh, And I think about my regroup that within the last couple of years we did a study of the book of Esther, and in Esther there's a story about the community fasting together. What do you think we could learn from a story like that about how we can fast within our community and regroups here at Redeemer?
2: Yeah, so I think there's that idea of yeah, we each know that we're doing this. We each know that you know we're being tempted to break a fast or to uh, to to not to not eat. But there's something about doing it together for a shared vision of let's let's know God better. Let's let's trust God together as we do this. Let's share the burden. Like let's share the burden of being really hungry and focusing on that. Like we're we're hungry, and so how can we as a group come together? And let God and the Word uh be our focus, be our everything, um, be the thing that we turn to instead of just fulfilling that need to to eat. And so being in community, doing that together, sharing that together. I don't know, what do you think? Well, I, I
1: think I think you said something really important there when you talk about a shared vision. And so in Esther what you have is you have a shared vision for longing of what longing for what God can do, what God will do. And so I, I think uh that idea of of uh, a regroup or a, a small community choosing to fast together what it can be is that that submitting to god in his kingship in his lordship in his will to come and saying we're going to do this and, and as we feel lo- our own individual longings we're going to set our mind on this community vision and it really is kind of so in some ways it can be a very corporate thing but i think there's a danger there of fasting to prove your position to prove your dedication, to prove your holiness. And I, I, I was laughing because Babylon B always cracks me up. And today they posted the it being kind of lent and people giving up and choosing to fast for the 40 days and giving something up. They are, they were saying that they, they said that, uh, cause it's a fictional satirical site and it said, uh, posting what you're fasting about on social media proves to make you more holy. And so it's like, you gotta, oh, I'm really missing my Coke right now. Or, oh, if I could just have some chocolate, but, you know, hashtag Lent, you know, and kind of that, I think those, that's a completely different community. That's not a shared vision. Mm-hmm. That really is kind of a status thing of going, how do we do this and gain status? Or how do we do this? And to me, the danger of, how do we do this to get favor from God? Kind right. of somehow, because I think sometimes the the danger of fasting is that self denial somehow makes you more attractive to God, well, it's or like proves how strong you are in your faith and trust in God.
2: Yeah, it's like you know, and again, people have posted this stuff, and that, that's okay. I just it's like we're putting something up, but we're also attaching to that likes and loves and. Dislikes and wow and whatever those new you know emojis are for Facebook, but you know it's already hard enough, right? It's already hard enough to deal with social media and to desire to be noticed and to desire to be. Hey, do you? I mean, do you see what I'm doing? Does anyone see what I'm doing? And so, like, there's also that thing of. Christ is everything. Like, we can rest in the fact that God knows us. If, if you're a believer, you know, you can rest in the fact that, that God is your everything. And, and, like, and I'm saying this, and I post pictures of my son all the time. Like, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And so once that, that desire to post those things becomes greater than my desire for, for God or for people to see that, and t- I mean, it's just a black hole.
0: I think that's a good point. And I definitely think that there's this struggle within fasting, uh, to make it about holiness, and it's something that I felt before. Uh, Any time that I felt like I was doing something particularly creative, maybe like giving up something unique, there was a, there was this desire to let people know so that they knew, like, not only am I fasting, but I'm doing a pretty cool fast. Like I'm a pretty cool faster, <laughs> which is silly. Well, uh,
1: because I, I know that that's what a lot of people put a whole bunch of weight and worth behind. Man, that that's a very inventive person
0: who fasts. yeah yeah that's that's really how you have social status <laughs> but i think that not only is that wrong because fasting isn't about holiness it takes away from what fasting is about and thinking about lent even though lent isn't really yeah. part of redeemer's rhythm lent is this period of preparing for easter which yeah. is maybe the most hopeful event of all time and fasting as a part of that is supposed to help us understand this message of hope, which I think looking for approval from other people or this feeling of holiness stems from feeling sort of hopeless. But whenever we fast, we, we get to connect to this this hope that we have in, in that the things that we're giving up aren't what sustain us, that Christ is what sustains us.
2: Yeah. Well, in the same breath that, you know, I say something like, man, it's just sometimes we want to get likes or we want to put something up or we might, oh, man, like, why would someone put that on, on social media? Well, the other thing is that that can also create in me a desire to, to fast. So it can it actually have a, a good purpose in, like, I'm like, oh, maybe they're just being legalistic about this. But in my heart, am I kind of, like, just just throwing all of that out when it actually could be an encouragement to me if I see someone post about it or, do, or you know, say I'm going to do this for fasting or Lent or whatever, then I can see that and be like, I can choose in my heart to be like, oh, they're just doing that to get likes. Or can I say... I mean, how can I, like, implement something like that in my life instead of being negative about it?
1: I think you're tapping into the idea behind the church calendar. The idea that throughout the year there's things that we do uh, kind of across Christendom, across uh, Christianity, those who who, uh, claim to follow Christ, and that we don't just have holidays, but we also have kind of seasons. And so the season, the 40 days of Lent, I think becomes – uh, in some way, a way that we kind of go, oh, we're all doing this together. And and I think that's actually, uh, some of the attraction and in redeemer. We don't have, we're not tonight. We're not having an Ash Wednesday service and, uh, and we haven't called the whole church to, to, uh, take a Lenten fast, but I, I know a number of people that are, we, we have the freedom to be able to do that and, yeah. and, and to be able to, uh, uh, choose to, to do that or not. I, I think uh, a lot of whether you uh, participate in Lent or you don't participate in Lent or you go to an Ash Wednesday service, you don't go to an Ash Wednesday service, I think a lot of that gets into um, uh, tertiary things of kind of how do you respond to your upbringing and your, your church. And and for some people that feels way too Catholic-y and um, they They'll kind of push back and go, the Bible doesn't say you have to do that, and and they're right, it it doesn't. But for some people, it becomes that discipline, kind of like you were talking about, Paul, of saying, you know, oh, hold on, this is a time where we can kind of all join together. To me, I think that the best thing about the Lenten season that that about the liturgical calendar is I love that it's forty days out, and we're looking to Easter. We're we're looking to that time where where culturally the conversation is about Jesus raising from the dead, especially here in the Bible Belt. That's a, it's a, it's a cultural connection point. And, and I love that it does kind of prepare and say, hold on, I'm looking 40 days out, looking to that, to a time of how do I interact with Easter uh, individually, but also in a community way in, in our, in our city and town.
2: So maybe, you know, if we started looking at it from, you know, you brought up Esther. And so like, if we started looking at it from a, how can i help people be accountable how can i help people and encourage them and pray for them so you know let's say we let's see we see someone on facebook and they post something about i'm just guys i'm out of here i'm i'm fasting from pancakes like that's it you know like and so what if you as a friend of theirs or an acquaintance or whatever on facebook and you you periodically check in during Lynn, you just say man i, I know that's hard like pancakes they're good like they're really <laughs> good you know like, have you been to the diner? Like, their pancakes are so good. And, but, but, but seriously, like, how do we, how do we encourage others? Like, that's that's where community is so important. Is if we come at it with the right heart and we say, and this is hard, isn't it? Like, but Jesus is good. Like, Jesus is better. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. how do we, how do we make that shift? How do we make that change?
1: Well, and I think the key to that is that it's not a one off, mm, right? the The power of that is walking. Are are there Christians that you're walking with? Through the next forty days, right? That that's that's a more powerful encouragement than you know hitting the button on, button on your computer. Like, oh love, I don't even know how to interpret the faces or whatever. like <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. You know, I didn't know you were a Christian. You know, like yeah. those aren't quite as powerful as people that you're in life with exactly. and walking with in life. Because uh, once again, I do think the danger of fasting is when it becomes something that something that makes us holy rather than something that points us to Jesus who makes us holy <laughs> who sure. reminds us that Jesus is the one who's done that for us
2: yeah let me ask you guys something so so what would you call someone that perpetually or just over and over again has a new lent fast like would you would you call that person a
0: lint roller or i don't the- Okay, sorry.
1: Absolutely. No, I was just curious.
0: Okay. That's a a good way to wind down. Hold on,
1: hold on. I actually do. How can we redeem this? (laughs) I'm going to try to save this podcast from that bad joke. Okay,
2: bring the gospel out of that.
1: I I will say that uh, I want to hear both of y'all, your responses to this. Is fasting about taking unhealthy things out of your life. So. I drink too much coffee, so I'm going to fast from coffee. For a certain amount of time, then so I can come back to coffee. Or. I eat way too many. Sh- like, does it make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, sometimes I'm like, no, that's just like a healthy diet.
0: Sure. I think there have been times where I've like given up something like that in a fast, but I don't think I've ever really thought of it as – like like I've done something like that for Lent in conjunction with like another fast that's sort of an actual fast and it's just been like almost like a New Year's resolution. Like this is a convenient yeah, that, time to do something healthy. What's the difference between
1: a fast and a New Year's resolution? That's a great
0: – Yeah. I think that the spiritual discipline of fasting is not about giving up unhealthy things but giving up healthy things so that we can have a better perspective on them in, in the broader picture yeah. of our walk with Christ. Yeah.
2: Uh, we talked about at the admin meeting the other night of, of how do we we want to we want to instill and create rhythms that that stick. So, how does how does fasting become something naturally that we begin to do that that actually encourages us in our belief in Christ and our repentance? You know, how how do we create those rhythms and and maybe fasting can be something that that's, that fills that void sometimes and steps into something and we can we can make it a habit, make it something that that actually pushes us more into Christ. You know.
1: Uh, yeah I think that that's one reason why we're doing this podcast is it's a way of being able to present this spiritual discipline and say and hopefully you're going to walk away from the podcast kind of going I should fast not you have to fast you should it's it's a good thing that I that identifies us with uh, the 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 sacrifice that Christ has made it reminds us that we're uh, to see the needs that are beyond just physical. And hopefully it encourages us to understand, Paul, as you said earlier, Jesus is better.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Visit our website at RedeemerChurch.cc where you can find information about our regroups, listen to our current sermon series, and follow our weekly blog posts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Redeemer Norman. Our prayer is that you would continue this conversation with your family and your community. God be with you this week.